Ho ho, what is this now? A familiar face. Well, please come in, come in, my friend, for you and I have much to discuss. Things of terrible dreams and wonderful nightmares. So please, come in, relax, for you and I must discuss these things known as video games. Here at Gunslinger's Gaming Podcast, where, if I cannot at least call you my friend, may I at least call you... Gamer. <laughs> Man, I gotta tell you, a lot of times with these uh, these independent games, these little small uh, funded games, uh, you don't get a lot of blood, you don't get a lot of brutalization uh, whatsoever, it's mostly an implication, just sort of violence that's being introduced through the lore, you know, I think about stuff like, uh, like Slenderman, or or um, uh, Five Nights at Freddy's, or Amnesia of the Dark Descent. You know, these are games that have a lot of violence in them, but you don't typically get it front and center. It's all sort of like, oh no, the, the scary thing is approaching you, and then, uh, you know, it fades to black, or or whatever, and you don't actually have to witness your character uh, being completely fucked over. But man, oh doggy, um... Those sickos at Puppet Combo really uh, take the uh, take the limit and run with it. Take take the line, cross the line even, and uh, you get uh, quite a lot of just real sick shit in this in this game, Murder House. Because uh, yeah, man, I did not think going into this that uh, just little PlayStation One lumpy clumpy <laughs> puppet people could uh, could be uh, tortured and destroyed in such such a vicious manner, but. Uh, my goodness, it is quite something to see. The violence here is is front and center, and uh, it really is the main feature of the game. Um, and by the way, I say sickos, but it's actually just one real sicko uh, at the at the uh, the helm here uh, for Puppet Combo. It is it is one man who runs the show. Uh, his real name is right here. Uh, please excuse me if I uh, butcher it. <laughs> There's a lot of butchering going on in this sort of sphere, but his his real name is. Bendetto uh, Kukoza, Kukuza, uh, but a uh, nickname here is just Ben. Uh, I've got the whole Wikipedia page up right here. Uh, originally, Puppet Combo was called Pig Farmer Games, um, but it, uh, it it ran into some copyright uh, stuff, probably with farmers. You know, <laughs> I'm sure that there's already a a, a farming sort of uh, packaging plant called Pig Farmer, but. Uh, Whatever. I, that seems like a real sort of weird uh, title for a uh, for a horror developer. So I'm really glad that they switched it to Puppet Combo and got this sort of creepy, otherworldly uh, 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 like brand here. This this display of dolls that look like they should come right out of like a uh, like an Armenian grandmother's uh, like living room. It's it's really something here. Um, so yeah, he uh, he's put out quite a few games. Uh, not many of them on Steam. Uh, I don't particularly want to get into the whole marketing thing here and and lecture him on like well you know you've got to put it on steam because clearly something's going right uh if he's sort of putting some of these games behind uh, a paywall of his patreon or on his own website or whatever you know i i do know that steam takes a, a fairly significant portion of the profits so you know if he wants to do it that way it's all well and good you know just make the games available and i'm happy uh and man some of these games are are quite wild sounding. I mean, just, I've got the list right here. Not all of them are are wrapped up, but uh, we got. Let's see here. We got Minotaur, Babysitter, Bloodbath, Power Drill Massacre. <laughs> oh God, that one sounds awful. Um, Texas Butcher, Meat Cleaver, 
Meet Cleaver Mutilator, the Night Ripper, Buzzsaw Bloodhouse, Planet of Bloodthirsty Santa, Stay Out of the House, Night Shift. Some of these are a little, little bit more tame compared to the other ones. You can kind of tell where the where the true passion goes. Uh, Spiders, Nun Massacre, Feed Me Billy. <laughs> I think that's my favorite one. Feed Me Billy. Uh, Blood Maniac, The Glass Staircase, ooh, ugh, ugh, no thanks, I, I don't want to think about violence happening with, uh, with, uh, Glass Staircase, you know, you put too much weight on there and your whole foot's gonna go through, uh, The Riverside Incident, Day 7, Evil Clowns, Scary Tales, Volume 1, uh, Sam Hain, Nightwatch, Murder House, and Christmas Massacre. These are all wonderful, and I think I'm probably gonna have to play at least some of them, uh, in the future, because... I was very impressed with Murder House. I think that it um, it really hit this this niche that needed to be fulfilled ever since uh, uh, the Clock Tower game sort of fell off of, of popularity. Uh, which is funny because when you say a Clock Tower game, you're really not saying a specific kind of like like gameplay style. You are, but you aren't, because the only thing that really comes to mind when it comes to clock tower games is hiding in cupboards and being chased by a maniac who's got like some sort of uh, unusual cutting in implement, like scissors, or in this case, it's like a like what uh, like a it's not a scythe, it's like a hand. Well, I guess you'd call it like a hand scythe uh, sort of thing. That curved weapon um, that always makes me think of that one guy uh, from Dark Souls. Um, oh God, what's his name? Uh... Uh, oh god, I'm, I'm blanking out here on, on the NPCs, uh, oh, come on now, where is it? I've got the whole list right here, uh, Lautrec, yeah, he's got the Lautrec, um, the, the things that, uh, he's got right there, it's, it's pretty, pretty bad, and, uh, you wouldn't think that such a weapon could be, uh, implemented in such a variety of ways, but man, oh man, that... <laughs> that one kill that he does on poor Emma, where he you know, uppercuts her, uh, upper slices her face off, is just, that's the worst part of the whole game. I hate that. It's, it, it goes a little bit beyond my threshold for, for gore. And I'm, I'm a pretty gore-centric kind of guy. Um, it, it's alright, but, uh, whew, damn. Uh, so anyway, um... <laughs> So that's what I mean is like it it does fill this real tiny niche. It's it's so uh you know people think about Clock Tower very fondly. Uh and I I've never played them so I guess you could say this is sort of my first experience with the Clock Tower formula. But the thing is you really don't need to be hiding that much in Murder House. You don't need to rely on cabinets or whatever. You can just sort of sneak your way uh, around the R Easter Ripper without uh too much problems. I only got killed like two or three times uh, my first playthrough, and a couple of them were just in the final boss encounter, so I don't know. I, I almost feel like the um, the AI of the of the Ripper needs to be upped a little bit. Um, but, you know, whatever. It's 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 tricky because, uh, like, the actual combat of fighting the Ripper with the, with the fire poker is, is not great. Not at all. And there's, I think there's only one uh, area where you can... 
where you can get your health all the way back up, there's only one healing item, which is very weird. It's a very sparsely populated game. Uh, it definitely goes against the, the sort of conventions about like, okay, I've got limited ammo right now, but I'll find some later. There's only like 12 bullets in the whole game, and you have to shoot the Ripper like two or three times before he just fucks off. <laughs> it's so funny how when you shoot him, he just sort of goes, okay, fine, jeez, God, I'll go to my room, whatever, Mom. <laughs> um, but it is a, a really creative design of, of having a an Easter Bunny uh, attack you, and it is quite the terrifying Easter Bunny, but... Uh, one of the big problems I had with the game is that there is no transition from a normal Easter Bunny to a fucked up one. It is just permanently fucked up, uh, scary. It's got the black dripping, eye, pardon me, eye holes and everything, and it's just, um, yeah, it's uh, it, it's unsettling to a to a cartoonish degree. It's it's got that nightmare logic of of who would ever have this guy employed ever? Come on, oh man. Um, and I did say in the review, like, there's got to be some real dumbass kids to want to go with this this horrible thing. But uh, it, it's really funny because it's, it's almost like the adults can't see how terrifying the Ripper is until he's chopping them up. But the kids seem to know. Uh, little Justin Fine uh, <clears throat> told the janitor, uh, uh, Mr. <laughs> Jacksepticeye, who's just in the game in inexplicably, whatever. He's just in there. Uh, I, I would love to be in one of these games in, in the puppet combo, uh, stuff. So if they ever, if the team ever, uh, is listening out here, I would absolutely love to voice somebody. It doesn't matter who, um, in these games, that'd be super fun. Uh, yeah, so it's, it, it's tricky because Justin is sort of the, the, the main person that, that seems to have his head on uh, straight, but, uh, you know, the other ones don't really. I mean, yes, Emma does, but Emma doesn't have much of a personality. She's just sort of there to be brutalized and killed. I'm, I'm saying brutalized a lot in this in this particular episode, but it's true. It feels like a very brutal game. That's My mind keeps going over to that word and thinking like, man, when I associate Murder House with any sort of word, it is just vicious. It's it's awful. Um but I think where, where the game really does shine, more than just being a simple murderer chasing you around uh, a little house, is in the characters. I absolutely love Dana and and Gary and even Tom, even though, oh, spoiler alert, Tom is revealed to to be the murderer, uh, the Easter Ripper. Uh, and that's that's a nice little twist, uh, even though I, I saw it coming from a mile away. <laughs> um you know, because we see, there's a lot of hints there, like when, when Emma kind of goes to talk to Tom, she gets to sort of flash this, this premonition of dead bodies on the floor, and she tells Tom, like, oh my god, I saw Gary and Dana, like, dead on the floor, and you sort of think to yourself, oh, okay, so it's only those two that are dead on the floor, and, and it happened while we were approaching Tom, okay, so, in that regard, it's a little obvious, um, but it's all right, uh, in terms of gameplay, I'm actually really impressed that they gave us a sort of first-person perspective option uh, if we want. It does raise the stakes quite a bit. It, it heightens your emotional sort of response to seeing these fucked up things uh, approaching you. And, and I kind of wish that it had been implemented better because you can't open the doors or interact with objects when you're in a first-person perspective, which makes me think that they only put it in solely for the final encounter, the, the combat sort of thing where you have to kill the Ripper and shoot him a couple times because, I mean, the fixed camera perspective is all right. It works. It's functional. I don't feel like it's, um, 
it's too clunky to use sometimes in these in these sort of things actually no i'm sorry it's not a fixed camera perspective it's a it's a dolly cam yeah it's, it's following you sort of it's hovering you like uh, like lakitu from from mario 64 yeah it's just him <laughs> i want to see that mod now just of lakitu following you around with his concerned face and the, the camera <laughs> oh dear um so yeah, I do wonder how much uh, of of the first person perspective was implemented just because uh, they were afraid that people would get frustrated with the combat. Uh, which I mean, I'm I'm okay with that. I'm I'm fine with implementing that sort of new perspective. But again, it really does need to be more than just a band aid slapped on the on the uh, fighting. Uh, I should be able to play the entire game with first person perspective on. Come on. Um, it's little things like that that I feel I feel like uh, this this developer will will come to terms with as he creates games more and more in the future. I mean, uh, let me see here. When was his first sort of games made? He's been making games for a long time, actually. This is really weird. Uh, it says some of the earliest ones, like Minotaur or Blood uh, Babysitter Bloodbath, was completed in like 2013 or 15. Uh, well, actually. Uh, Babysitter Bloodbath 2013, and then I was looking at uh, Power Drill Massacre uh, started 2015, but apparently it's still in development. Um, so this guy's this guy's got a lot of uh, a lot of projects in the work here. Most of the games have been completed, but the ones that are still in development are Power Drill Massacre, The Texas Butcher, Planet of Bloodthirsty Santa, uh, Stay Out of the House, and uh, Blood Maniac. Uh, oh, apparently the the game Evil Clowns uh, has been rebooted. Whatever that means, goodness. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> I'm just looking at some screenshots here, and uh, it it definitely seems a little bit less uh, in quality. And clearly, it's using the same engine. It's it's still got the dolly cam thing. Uh, this one seems uh, more of a first person shooter kind of thing, where you're running around a bunch of tents. Uh, and shooting up stuff. Uh, the game is openly inspired by 1998 carnival game Carna Evil. Carn Evil. Uh, which I'm just going to do a quick... I've heard that name. I just want to do a quick reference to see. Oh, yeah. Yep. Isn't this like a rail shooter? Yeah, light gun rail shooter. Okay. Interesting, interesting. You see, I can admire someone who's so dedicated to this uh, the specific... Um, like grindhouse, dirty, nasty, <laughs> or a low budget uh, horror uh, aesthetic. I I think that it sort of is a. It, I mean, it's clearly just there primarily for budget constraints. It's it's obviously cheaper to make games like this, but uh, I think that there's an authenticity to this uh, that really works. Ooh, apparently there's some games that have not been published. Interesting. This, these are games not developed by Puppet Combo, but published. Interesting. Search party tonight. It follows these trees are spectral fingers. Ooh, ski freak. The enigma of Salazar House. Night of the clowns and bloodwash. Interesting. Very interesting. I think this is uh, this is good. This is really interesting that uh, that they're actually gaining so much notoriety that they're they're becoming a source for other people, smaller, uh, even more independent uh, developers to. To, uh, to help publish them. Yeah, it says in June 2020, Puppet Combo started a horror publishing label, Torture Star, <laughs> and started promoting and publishing small games. Interesting. Very cool. Um, yeah. I, I, you see, it's so funny. Uh, the, the thing is about Murder House is that it's already sort of gained this wider notoriety. Like, I'm just going to look at the Steam page right now and see... 
uh, how many positive reviews it has. It's uh, it's one of the first things that comes up when I type in uh, murder. Um, maybe that's just because it's in my library, but it's got an overwhelmingly positive uh, review score. It's got 535 uh, of, of uh, a total, you know. Or I'm sorry, it's got, yeah, it just has a total of 535. That's pretty good. Pretty good for, like, a first-time publishing. This is uh, this is the only game that I, that they have on Steam. Uh, just looking at some of these reviews, uh, you know, this one guy said, really nailed the vibe uh, that I look for in survival horror games. It's eerie uh, almost the entire time and doesn't rely on jump scares to keep you pooping in your pants. <laughs> now, I would say that it does rely on at least one sort of semi-jump scare uh, when uh, the Ripper does appear uh, to Justin the first time, and he sort of just pops around the corner. Um, it's not really a jump scare, I guess you'd say. It's more of a, like, slide-in sort of scare. Uh, but it's all right. Um, I wish they'd done a little bit more with the camera aspect, uh, where uh, Emma, you know, she's part of the camera crew. I wish, I wish you could have been able to use the camera to maybe see some things that uh, otherwise you would have missed. And And I wish it had gone a little bit more into the sort of question about, uh, or, or the, 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 the implication that what we're seeing here is a lot of fucked up stuff. Like, what's up with that spider thing, uh, that hallucination that you see, and all the ghost kids running around, and, and just, there seems to be an undercurrent of, like, a demonic presence here, and it's not really brought forward. I mean, it kind of is at the end, where all the kids sort of rise from their graves and attack, uh, the Easter Ripper, but, you know... Like, were they making the, 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 the spider rabbit thing? That feels like it's just sort of in there for the sake of being in there. Like, oh man, we can't just have the Easter Ripper running around cutting people up. That's not very exciting. After a while, it gets pretty standard. Um, but the, the rabbit uh, uh, spider thing is quite visually stunning. Um, and, and hearing the kids running around being all creepy is, is pretty cool, pretty nifty. It does sort of make your palms start to sweat when you see one of them bump into you or something. <laughs> oh, dear. So it's it's very clear that this game is is a passion project, but one that had a, a definite sort of um, restriction to it. They did as much as they could with with this sort of idea, and it, it turned into about a three, maybe four-hour game, and, and I respect it for, for doing so. It's just sort of, I think we've been um, sort of uh, conditioned to expect there to be just a little bit more. You know, when you find a gun, you think to yourself, like, okay, I'm going to have probably by the end of this uh, like 20, 25 bullets to go through, maybe even more, but you only get like two ammo refills in the whole thing. Um, so it, it feels very uh, truncated almost, and I really wish that, um, it, it's almost like the Emma thing should have been like chapter one, and, th and then we should have jumped ahead another ten years uh, to have another sort of group uh, come in, like maybe some teenagers or whatever, to come and investigate uh, the house and sort of goof around. I think that could have been really fun um, to sort of make it like a three-act structure and, you know, have... Have Justin's thing be Act 1, and then uh, Emma and the camera crew be the Act 2, where it's the rising action and sort of getting into the into the mess of the supernatural, and then uh, have the teenagers come in to sort of round it out, because the teenagers are a, you know, this weird sort of group that exists in the, in the, ne in the no man's land between uh, childhood and adulthood, so I think that that's, that's probably another reason why a lot of uh, horror movies feature teenagers, or at least like 30-year-olds pretending to be teenagers, um, <laughs> um, 
because teenagers are sort of this vulnerable group, they they can make adult-like decisions, but they don't have the experience and the and the life uh, sort of, uh, I don't want to say experience again, I'll just say life experience. They don't have the life experience to make uh, informed choices, so they that's probably why they're most uh, commonly used in a lot of horror media. Uh, also because, you know, those teenagers really got some sexy shenanigans going on. <laughs> uh, man, and speaking of sexy shenanigans i gotta mention that it is still shocking to me that uh that the game would go so far as to imply that the easter ripper is not just like torturing children but also like having horrible like nasty sex things happen with them it's um it really does uh dance into the realm of pure disgust and and revulsion and uh i i cannot fault the game for for going that far uh, but in a way that's still classy. It is just pose skeletons. There's no actual sort of, uh, you know, nostalgic, not nostalgic, Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, reminiscent sort of visuals, you know, like like the Easter Ripper sort of waxing on about, oh yeah, when I got that one kid that one time, bleh. you know, it is sort of all under the table, um, this, this implication that he's sort of been doing all this stuff to the kids. And speaking of which, I gotta say, it is very unsettling and upsetting that they would use uh, real kids, real pictures of children in the missing uh, person posters. It just feels really sad. It feels too authentic. It really hits you in the in the pit of your stomach to just see these kids that are probably just, you know, the de like friends or families of the developer um, th themselves when they were kids, because clearly it looks like they were taken in the 80s or early 90s. Um, so I, I don't know exactly where those those pictures of the kids came from. Let me actually look here. Uh, let me see if I can uh, just be on the little Wikipedia page and see uh, if it says anything about those kids. I don't think so. It might, but uh, it's it, 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 it is a bold <laughs> decision. Bold as hell. Nah, it doesn't look like there's anything on here. Oh, well. Um, and you know what's interesting is that I actually, I was doing a uh, a, a different po uh, podcast, a horror podcast um, called The White Guy Dies First, because <laughs> my last name is White, so I, and I figured it'd be a, a neat twist on the horror sort of, uh, uh, you know, that convention of the black guy always dies first, um, but in this case it'd be me, because I'm, I'm a terrible survivalist and I would totally get my ass handed to me in any horror situation, Um but I actually deleted that podcast because I thought about it more. And I was like, you know what? If I'm going to be doing a bunch of uh, discussions on video games and horror movies, I really ought to be doing it under one banner, one sort of uh, unifying area. I don't want to send people to this podcast and this podcast. So at some point, you might hear me talk about different horror movies because, uh, you know, I love horror movies. I love that stuff. <laughs> the more blood, the better. And, and that's why I, I really like Murder Houses because... Despite its extraordinarily short uh, uh, gameplay length, it is still such such a <laughs> interactive and uh, responsive and and just nasty little game. It uh, it really leaves an impression on you. Uh, <laughs> Uh, no matter how much time you spend with it, I could totally see people getting to the death screen where uh, where the Easter Ripper sort of smashes Emma's head into the ground and going, "Okay, uh, too much for me. I think I'll I'll just see see my way out. I'll I'll get the door here." Um, but again, there is some uh, like air some 
some restraint here, some little bit of, of control, because uh, when you're playing as Justin, you don't get that same sort of animation. He, he, he had the good grace to not show the Easter Ripper completely destroying little Justin. Uh, when, when you do get grabbed uh, by the Ripper as Justin, you literally just get like grabbed and dragged off screen. Um, the, the screen fades to black and you see the little slash happen. And yes, it's implied that he like cut Justin's neck or whatever, but, uh, you know, it's, it's not direct on screen. Oh, oh, that's right. And the game totally does have at least one jump scare at the very end of the prologue with Justin, when you're hiding in the janitor's uh, closet thingy and you're hiding under the desk and you're waiting for the Ripper to come into the desk. He, he like pops, uh, his face and, and. He, he like goes, uh, he scares you totally uh, by making this horrible screaming sound. And it's it's 100% a jump scare. It, it definitely does. Uh, but that is the only time it does. And I'll give it credit. It does use it in a good way where it's sort of the, it's the big exclamation point at the end of the of the prologue. So whatever, I'll, I'll give him that. It, it is used to a, uh, to a wise um, extent here. Um... So yeah, I, I gotta tell you, Murder House was a pleasant surprise, <laughs> or a, a disgusting surprise, rather. Um, I, I would really have loved to have seen it expanded upon, and I think that that's what a lot of people are going to come away from this game feeling like. If you can make it to the end, you'll sort of go like, wait, th that was it? Really? Um, <laughs> it, I mean, it's, it's as long as it needs to be, but uh, you get so sort of wrapped up in the in the lore and the... I don't want to say lore. That word's overused. In the in the history of the of the Easter Ripper, that uh, it sort of feels like it should come to a more lengthy uh, conclusion. That uh, when Tom is unmasked, he he should sort of have this big hurrah. I mean, it the ending is very reminiscent of uh, of the original Friday the Thirteenth, where. Uh, after killing Jason's mom, that, that one main girl sort of is lingering in the boat uh, and just sort of, oh, you know, the police have come and everything's all right. And and then Jason pops out of the water uh, and, and drags her under. Uh, it's sort of like that where you, you finally destroy Tom and you shoot him up and, and then the, the kids rise from the grave and, <laughs> and chomp him up. They eat the hell out of that guy. I love it. It's so good. It's It's so visceral and and nasty, and just, you can hear him screaming, whoever did the, the voice acting for Tom is great, uh, he does the, um, he does the little, uh, voice cracking, sort of like, I'm the Easter Ripper, really good, <laughs> he, he feels very unhinged, it's great, oh man, but again, the breakout character, the, the best voice acting comes from Dan Weisenberger, Weisenberger, um, uh, uh, voice acting Tom, or not Tom, sorry, Gary, Gary, <laughs> you know, where are the pizzas? It's just, you need, you, you gotta have a, an asshole character like Gary to just, uh, sort of bring the tension down, to let the steam off, to, to, uh, to turn the dial and, and bring us back to a more campy level. And, uh, you know, without people like Gary and Dana to bring the camp and bring the sort of, uh, eye-rolling charm to the game. I don't know how much better it, or how how good I would still rank it, uh, because they are sort of the big um, driving force in the beginning of the game. I think if it was just Emma herself with a camera just coming to this house to, to film her own little news report, it wouldn't have been very good. You gotta have these little moments about, like, you know, <laughs> Gary's having uh, Emma put on a little sheet and running through the back of the of the shot to cut, sort of sex it up and make the audience more excited about the possibility of ghosts. 
that's a really good uh, little writing bit right there, and I and I really hope that uh, that in the future puppet ha- uh, puppet combo will will take that sort of thing and run with it because the the thing you got to remember about a lot a lot of these older 80s uh, horror movies is it's not just the violence that brings people in it is the bad acting it is the um the sort of tired stereotypes that uh you you do want to see sort of get it in the end you want to see them uh brought to their knees and and <laughs> take your frustration out on these these completely stereotypical characters uh, about you know there's the, there's the sleazy guy and the the quote unquote slut and the and the nice girl and the nice guy and uh you know it it's fun to have that that a very uh lifetime sort of uh, uh formula shaken up by by the wild card of of the murderer um so yeah it, it's pretty good although i i would say in the future you probably do need a a murderer with more personality uh, while the Easter Ripper is fine and Tom's great, I think that you maybe need someone who does a little bit more cackling. You need a Freddy Krueger-esque figure who's who's really visibly enjoying whatever he's doing. <laughs> oh dear. I mean, like eyeless monsters are all well and good, and and that's all right. I've seen a little bit of the of the nun massacre, and the nun in that is like ten feet tall or something, and is really intimidating. But uh, you know, g- give us some of that like super gleeful. <laughs> <laughs> a charm that uh, that some other horror murderers have um stuff like chucky you know chucky's uh sort of this really t- supposedly terrifying uh puppet but uh but he does put out these wonderful lines like now if you'll excuse me i've got a date with a 6-year-old boy <laughs> that just taken out of context is is hilarious so um, yeah, it's, it's overall, okay, I guess I, this is the point where I need to actually put it at, on my shelf somewhere. Um, well, it's definitely not a masterpiece, for sure. It, it is clearly, uh, copying a bunch of other ideas from other people and not using them as well. Uh, I think particularly of the piano puzzle and, uh, and I believe the original Silent Hill 1, or maybe it was Silent Hill 2, one of them had a, a piano puzzle, but it actually had, like, like, blood stains on the piano keys, uh, sort of to give it this, like, really ominous, like, oh my god, other people have been, uh, attempting to do this puzzle too, ah, um, and, and the puzzle, uh, the, the piano puzzle in Murder House is definitely not thrilling, I mean, it's kind of cute that they do a little, like, old McDonald tune, um, but otherwise, it's just, I could have that removed from the game entirely, or simplified greatly, and nothing would be lost, I, again, I said this in the review, I absolutely hate <laughs> piano puzzles, maybe because I have no musical ability whatsoever, but, uh, whatever, so it's, it's not in Masterpiece, classic, it's, it's just a little too short to be put in classic, I feel, it's, if it was a little longer, if it had done, like, a third sort of follow-up, like an epilogue, uh, then I, I think it could have been put in classic, um, but as it stands right now, I think I'm probably gonna have to just put it in the good boys. It's not going in the poo-poo category, not in the poo-poo, uh, pals, not at the bottom of the shelf, not at all, and certainly not burn box, there's still a lot of good stuff here. I, w- I would never burn my wonderful friends Gary and Dana and Emma and Justin <laughs> and the legend that is Justin Fine. Uh, I know that's just his status uh, symbol right there. That's the other thing is uh, why even bother putting in like 
like a like a status, like a health uh, bar for Justin, because it's not like you get hurt as as Justin. Uh, I get you're putting in because Resident Evil had that sort of thing where you're either fine or in danger or caution or whatever. Um, but but sometimes these these things are put in with little sense, I guess. Um, anyway, so uh, I guess you can kind of tell. I'm going to put it in the good boy. It, it's a good boy. It's a good boy game. It's in that sort of middle tier uh, of video games. If I if I had it around, I probably wouldn't <laughs> pull it down from my shelf to show someone. Uh, that's not a very good first date kind of movie, or, or game, rather. <laughs> uh, definitely not. This is something that uh, you play with someone that you've been friends with for a long time, and they know your weird horror tastes, and, and they've got a stomach for it, because, uh, man, I showed this to someone who uh, who's watched a lot of horror movies with me, and they, they've got a pretty, uh, like, sturdy stomach for gore and, and whatever, um, but even they were like, Jesus fucking Christ, like... <laughs> the the way that the the, the Easter Ripper kills people is just really like pushing it, man. Um, so it it's a good boy though. It's it's quite quite excellent uh, in its in what it does. It just it it does feel a little um a little short at times, and and that does sort of hurt it a bit. But uh, very good and promising content. I'm really looking forward to whatever uh, this studio puts out in the future. It's definitely one to keep an eye on. Um, I'm hoping that this isn't, like, the best of the best, and that's why they put it on Steam. I'm hoping that, uh, some of the other ones are more wild or crazy or just more fun, really. Um, but it's, it's a really good introduction to this, to this developer, I think. I, I don't know how much of the other ones would have been better, but this is a, this is a good one, so... Anyway, uh, I think that's about where I'm going to end it here today. If you want to see other uh, content like this, or maybe other horror movies, or other sort of horror uh, media talked about, please hit me up on Twitter. The link will be in the description of this uh, video, this podcast thingy. I keep saying video. I'm so used to making videos. Goodness. Um, so, yeah, I think this was a really good discussion. And uh, thank you for, for listening in, dear viewer, and dear listener. Goodness. <laughs> I'm going to have to unlearn some some little vernacular, some little things here. Some verbal tics have been really ingrained into my brain. Oh, dear. Anyway, <laughs> this has been great. All right. I'll see you next time, everybody. Ta-ta for now, and uh, see you when I see you. Bye, everyone.